Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord. Please remain on the line. Our broadcast will be starting soon. Thank you. Thank you for calling into our 8 a.m. Bible study. Please remain on the line. Our broadcast will be starting soon. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, most gracious and heavenly Father, for just being so awesome and so good, so merciful and so kind to us, God. We thank you, Lord God, for just being a great and a good God. We thank you for being gracious and merciful unto us, God. We thank you, Lord God, for not consuming us, Lord God, for continuing to let your mercy and your grace shine down upon us, Father God. Father God, we ask that you let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, because you are our strength and our redeemer. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for being in the midst of us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for just continuing to let us, continuing to move to and fro, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for letting us have breath in our bodies, letting us be able to breathe another day, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for just being awesome. We thank you for being great. We thank you, Lord God, for continuing to be worthy, to be praised in our lives, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, because you are good all the time. We thank you, Lord God, because your mercy endures forever, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, because your truth endures to all generations, Father God. We thank you, Lord God. We want to continue to bless you at all times. In the mighty name of Jesus, we want to continue to let your praises continue to be in our mouth, Father God. We want to continue to make our boast in you, Lord God so that the humble will hear thereof and be glad. We want to continue to be humble before you, Lord God, when we are coming before your presence, Lord God. 
We want to continue, Lord God, coming to you, Lord God. Humble, Father God. Meek, mild, and lowly in heart, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we don't want to come to you in a prideful way, Father God. But let us come to you humble, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, knowing, Father God, that you will bring us through, Lord God. Any situation that we are going through, Lord God, any fears or doubts that we have, Lord God, you will conquer them all for us, Father God, letting us know that we can do all things through you, your son Christ that strengthens us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, because we are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we can do whatsoever whatsoever it is that you will for us to do, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We bless in your holy name, Lord God. And we're, we're just thankful unto you, Lord God, that you see fit, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus that we could come before your presence, Lord God, yet another time, Lord God. And we ask that you just wash us clean, Father God, wash our hearts, wash our minds, wash our hands, Father God, wash our feet, Lord God, just wash us, our whole bodies, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, let our bodies be a living sacrifice, Father God, holy and acceptable unto you, Lord God, which is our reasonable service, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, let us just be humble unto you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask that you stir up the gift that is within me, Lord God, that you have given me, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And let the words of my mouth, Father God, again, Father God, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to go straight forth into the lesson. The title of our lesson this morning is No Rest for the Wicked. No rest for the wicked. And our lesson is coming from Micah chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. The time that this took place was between 730 C, 736, and 722 B.C., before Christ. Uh, The place that this took place was in Judah. I'm going to go right into the introduction of our lesson and the, and the background of Micah. Micah was a minor prophet. Um, he was a contemporary prophet. His name meant who is like Yahweh, who is like God. Micah prophecy or message from God reproached unjust leaders, defends the rights of the poor against the rights, the rich and powerful, and preach social justice. Michael, Michael 1 and 1 spake the word from the Lord in the time when Jotham and Ahaz and Hezekiah were kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. 
Our introduction for the lesson is that even though Micah and Amos spoke to different audiences, it said Micah to Judah and Amos to Israel, their messages were the same. Since the people had failed to obey God's covenant, they would experience extreme judgment in the form of deportation from the land that God had given them. It said, like the people in Amos' audience, those to whom Micah preached thought that because they were God's people in God's land, they would be exempt from divine judgment no matter how they behaved. They were going through all the right motions in worship, but their hearts were not in it. Our lesson this week will examine the areas of Judah's life that were repulsive to the Lord. The message of the people in Micah's time is the same for us today. There is no rest for the wicked. And as I began to study for this lesson, my mind went over to Romans 2. Romans 2, verse 11. But God wanted me to read verses 1 through 11 from Romans 2. So I'm going to read that to you today, Romans 2, verses 1 through 11. It says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that justice doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that thou judgest them who do such things, and doest the same, that thou should escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasureth up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentiles. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. Verse 11 reads, For there is no respect of person with God. So in the introduction, as it said that because the people thought because they were the people of God, that they can do anything and behave any kind of way 
and think that God will not judge them. God said, there is no respect of person. If you are doing wicked, you will experience God's wrath if you don't come to repentance. The background of this lesson went on to say, Michael was a contemporary of Hosea in northern kingdom of Israel and Isaiah in the southern kingdom of Judah. Micah's hometown was Moresheth Gath, located in Judah about 25 miles southwest of Jerusalem, near the Philistine city of Gath. Although Micah primarily preached to the people in Judah, he also had some words for Israel. It says, see Micah 1 and 1. Micah received his messages via visions from the Lord. It says, see Micah 1 and 1 again. And in Micah 1, 3 through 7, the prophet spoke of the judgment God would bring upon both Israel and Judah, referring to them as Samaria and Jerusalem, the capital cities of Israel and Judah, respectively. In the remaining portion of chapter 1, Micah describes the weeping and mourning that will take place. Then chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, he spoke out against those who laid awake at night, plotting wickedness, and then getting up at dawn to carry out their schemes simply because they could. Micah declares that when the wicked people wanted a certain piece of land or someone else's house, though it was all they had, they would take it by fraud and threat of violence. It says, see Micah 2 and 3. Then in verse 3, the prophet declared that the Lord God said that he would reward their evil with evil. Nothing can stop him. Neither again will his people be proud and haughty after he's finished with them. This is where our lesson begins. Our golden text for today is, O thou that art named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to them that walk it uprightly? That is Micah 2 and 7. I'm going to read. I'm going to read our lesson today that's coming from Micah chapter 2, verses 4 through 11, our whole whole, um, lesson that we are studying up on today coming from Micah chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. I'm going to read it, and it reads, "In in that day, Shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation and say, We be utterly spoiled? He has changed a portion of my people. How hath he removed it from me? Turning away, he has divided our fields. Therefore, thou shalt have none that shall cast a cord by lot in the congregation of the people. Verse 6 reads, Prophesy ye not. Say they to them that prophesy, 
They should not prophesy to them that they should not take shame. O thou that art named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to them that walk it uprightly? Even of late my people is risen up as an enemy. Ye pull off the robe with the garment from them that pass by securely as men at birth from war. The women of my people have ye cast out from their pleasant homes, from their children have ye taken away my glory forever. Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest. Because it is polluted, it shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. If a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee of, of wine and of strong drink, ye shall be the prophet of this people. As I went on to study each verse of this lesson, Our verse four, our verse four, Michael was saying in verse four, he said, in that day shall one take up a parable against you and lament with dull lamentation and say, we be utterly full. He hath changed a portion of my people, how he removed it from me, turning away, he hath divided our field. It said, the phrase in that day refers to the time when God would bring judgment upon Judah, particularly the Babylonian invasion. When that happened, the prophet said their enemies will take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation. In other words, those outside the land would taunt and ridicule the people of Judah using their own words as a doleful lamentation. Doleful lamentation means a mournful wailing. Okay, the outsiders would include Judah's conquerors, who would make fun of Judah's predicament by using God's people's own words. It said, we, Judah, be utterly spoiled. He has changed a portion of my people how has he removed it from me? Turning away, he had divided our field. The phrase, he had changed a portion of my people, means that God's people will no longer have any part or allotment left for themselves in the land. The reason is because God has removed it, the land, from his people. In addition, when God turns away from his people, they will also say that he divided our field. But Micah was saying the time that's coming, it will be no lands to divide. He said the time was coming when the people of Judah would be saying, we are finished, we are ruined. God has taken our land and sent it far away from us. He has given what is ours to others. 
But why was the question to me? Why did he give our land to others, the land that he had given them? Why did he give the land to others, the land that he had given them? And it says that wickedness shows pride and self-confidence. And because wickedness and pride and self-confidence, it will result in total destruction. It will, it will result in total destruction. I begin to um, go and search further to see about the children of Israel, why, why did they wander in the wilderness and why did um, their land, why were they taken away from their land I went into wilderness wondering. My answer is that was why was Israel cursed with 40 years of wandering wilderness? It's that wilderness wandering. Wilderness wandering refers to the plight of Israelites due to their disobedience and unbelief. It said nearly 3,500 years ago, the Lord delivered his people from Egyptian bondage as described in Exodus. Chapters 1, verses, chapters 1 through 12. They were to take possession of the land God had promised their forefathers, a land formed with milk and honey. Prior to entry, however, they became convinced they could not out the current inhabitants of the land, even though God told them they could. Their lack of belief in God's words and promises brought forth the wrath of God. He cursed them with 40 years of wilderness wandering until believing, until the unbelieving generation died off, never stepping foot onto the promised land. It said a seven-year famine was responsible for God's chosen people ending up in Egypt. Initially, they flourished under the leadership of Joseph, number two in charge of the country of Pharaoh, after Pharaoh. Then a new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt, and soon the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. For the next several centuries, they enslaved by Egyptians who worked them ruthlessly, Eventually, God heard their cries and sent Moses and Aaron to rescue them. After enduring the last of the ten plagues, the death of the firstborn, Pharaoh finally agreed to release the Israelites. It said, upon their arrival, which bordered the promised land of Canaan, they sent out twelve spies to survey the land and its people, they returned after 40 days of exploration. Ten of the spies had a bad report. We can attack those people. They are stronger than we are. All the people we saw were of great size. We seemed like grasshopper in our own eyes, only Joshua and Caleb sent it. It said, believing the court of the ten doubters, the people lost heart and rebelled. They raised their voices and wept loud, grumbling against Moses and Aaron, saying, If only we had died in Egypt or in the desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall 
by the sword. It said, then the Lord said to Moses, how long would they refuse to believe in me? In spite of all the miraculous signs I performed among them. He said, I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. It said, however, Moses once again interceded for his people and turned away the wrath of God. Although God did forgive them, he decided that not one of them will see the land I promised on the oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Whether they will be wandering in the wilderness for 40 days, they explore the land. Furthermore, God will give them what they ask for. He said, I will do the very things I heard you say. In this desert, your bodies will fall, every one of you, 20 years old or more. Additionally, the 10 men who had given the bad report were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Only Joshua and Caleb survived. The two faithful spies who promised, who believed God's promise to give the land over to them. It said, God had promised them victory. The land he commanded them to go in and take was already theirs. They simply had to trust and obey, but this they did not do. God would never lead us where his grace cannot provide for us or his power cannot protect us. Indeed, the Israelites had seen the powerful hand of God at work during the plagues and miracles of Exodus. Yet, like many people, they walked by sight and not by faith. And their unbelief and their unbelief displeased God. It said, without faith, this is impossible to please God. And that's found in Hebrews 11 and 6. It said, their failure to believe in God's word kept them from entering the promised land. It said, this truth has never changed. This truth has never changed. I'm going to get back into the lesson, to the Sunday school lesson where verse 4, where verse 4 says, he divided the land. I'm sorry, he said, turning away, he had divided our fields. It said because of their wickedness, wickedness, God turned away and divided their field. That was in the time before Micah came and gave the message from God. During this time, he was saying they won't have any field to divide because of their disobedience. Back in the day, um, in verse 5, I'm going to go up to verse 5. It said in verse 5, Therefore thou shalt have none that shall cast a court by lot in congregation of the Lord. It said when the Israelites entered Canaan, they were to buy the land by tribes by casting lots. Now God said that there won't be anyone left in the congregation of the Lord uh, among God's people who will be able to cast the court by lot, meaning able to determine land boundaries. 
It said the remnant of Israel that would be left in the land wouldn't have any authority for dividing the land anymore because they would be ruled by others. Any division of the land would be done by the conquering Babylonians. I'm going to go on to read about verse 5. It went it referred to Joshua 13. It said Joshua 13 records how Moses gave land to the two and one-half tribes in Numbers 34, verses 13 to 15, to the east of the Jordan River. Joshua 14, verses 1 through 5, tell how the land west of the Jordan was to be divided. Elzar, the priest, Joshua, the political leader, and the heaves of the various tribes were to cast lots to determine which each tribe would locate. Casting of lots was a way of making decisions in Bible times. It was similar to drawing strings or casting a pair of dice to determine what course of direction to follow. In the Bible, most of the occurrences of casting lots were in the earlier period when the when little of the Bible was available and when God apparently approved of this means for determining his will. For example, the high priest cast lots to separate the scapegoat from one from the one he sacrificed. You can see Leviticus sixteen verses eight and ten for that. It says the practice of casting lots occurred often in connection with the dividing of land among the twelve tribes under Joshua's leadership. See Joshua chapter 14, verses 21. This was a procedure that God directed several times in the book of Numbers. It said various offices and functions in the temple were determined by Lot and the sailors on Jonah's ship also cast Lot to determine who had brought God's wrath upon their ship. Once only once in the New Testament did the casting of lots happen with God's approval. It said this happened in, in selection of Matthias to replace Judas among the apostles. As I was going through this lesson as well, God had sent me over to, to Jonah 1. And we all... I think we all know what happened in Jonah when John, Jonah had fled to the city to the city of Tarshish because God had told him to go and preach the word and give the word of God, but he called himself fleeing. <clears throat> I'm going to read Jonah one. It said, "Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying." Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness is to come upon it. It said, but Jonah rose up. Jonah rose up and went unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Instead of Jonah going to the place where God told him to go, which was Nineveh, he went to to Tarshish. When we... When we disobey God and do what we want to do and not do what God has told us to do, we won't have no rest, and we are going 
to experience some turmoil. It said, but, God, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. It said, then the mariners were afraid and cried unto every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to the lightning of it. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. It says, so the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so, be the God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, everyone to his fellow, come and let us cast lots, that we may not know, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So, so they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. It said, then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and when cometh thou? What is thy country, and what people are thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told him. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that my sake, this great tempest, is upon you. It said, Nevertheless, they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for the man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Going on to verse 6, verse 6 says, Prophesy ye not, say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them that they shall not take shame. Prophesy ye not, say to them, say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them that they should not take shame. As I went on into the lesson, I went over to another another um, another Sunday school lesson. It's the same lesson, but it was it was um, by St. James Church, and I like the way they broke down. Verse six 
and seven. It said, the evildoers' attitude towards God appointed messengers, prophets such as Micaiah, is now exposed. We see in this verse what seems to be the very words the false prophet used to try to counter Micah's message of coming judgment. The the false prophets have the audacity to tell someone like Micah, whom the Lord has called and commissioned to speak his words, prophesy ye not. They told Micah not to prophesy. It says, the Hebrew verb used three times in this verse for prophesy is interesting in that it is not the usual word used for the action of prophesying. The word used here is literally to drip or to drop, as in watering, dripping drop after drop. It appears to be derogatory way of picturing what prophets like Micah do. When we think of how irritating a constant dripping sound can be, we will have a good mental picture of how the evildoers view Micah and what he stands for. They want his annoying dripping to stop. It's that these selfish, greedy people should feel shame. But as Jeremiah later stated it so well, They were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. The evildoers want a message that caters to their self-serving agenda, not that holds them accountable for the wrongs they have done and are doing. This is why prophets like Micah, who challenged the status quo and often treated with such contempt, They didn't want to hear Micah because he was giving the true word of God. He was giving the true word of God, and they did not want to hear him. They did not want to hear him. They did not want to hear Micah. No one, one, even in today, it seems like no one wants to hear the truth. We rather hear a, a lie and falsehood. It says in verse seven, O thou that art named the house of Israel of Jacob. I'm sorry, it said, O thou that art named the house of Jacob, if the spirit of the Lord straightens, are these his doings? Do not my words do good to them that walk it uprightly? They just did not want to hear what the word of God said. They refused to apply the word of prophecy to themselves and to take shame for what they've done. They had no remorse. They had no guilt. It said the prophet word did not move the people to a place of repentance. It said their hearts were hardened and their necks were stiffened at the forewarning of impending doom. It said they didn't want to hear what they were not right in the eyes of God. They didn't want to hear words of rebuke that let them know they have fallen short of the glory of God. They they didn't want to hear sound doctrine. Therefore, they refused to listen at all. 
It said they wanted their ears tickled with a word, with words of blessings and peace. Doom and gloom was not the type of prophet they wanted. <laughs> it went on talking about verse 11. It said, if a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee of, of wine and of strong drink, he shall even be the prophet of this people. It said, if a man lie to you and tell you what you want to hear, you will make him your prophet. You will also end up in captivity and the camp of the enemy because you didn't hear from the sincere word of God. Second Timothy tells us, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. That was not only a thing that will happen in the future and has happened in the past. This is very much true. In this same day and age that we are currently living in, it's that where the word is allowed to operate, understanding has a chance to thrive. It says Psalms 113 and 30 says, The interest of the Lord giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. Be reassured that God's word will illuminate your life. God's word can open up your understanding and help you find your way. If you let it, if given permission, God's word can do an awesome thing. It can do awesome things in the lives of those who take heed to it. He said, do not my words do good to him that walk it uprightly? God would much rather bless his people than punish them. He said, it's the people who are not walking uprightly that have stopped the flow of God's blessing in their lives, but they didn't want to hear about that. <clears throat> it said, blessings flow through the vein of obedience just as well as judgment flows through the vein of disobedience. God was in a covenant relationship with his people, but the blessings of the covenant were contingent upon their ability to adhere to the word of God. It says, this book of the law shall not depart up thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that there may it observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. That's Joshua verses 1 through 8. It said there's a very real and prevalent epidemic in the land today that flows along the same lines as those who rebuke God's words and refuse to hear in the day of Micah. What's more dangerous is when the rebuke comes from those that are claiming to be God's people. It said that's why Jesus said, not everyone that said, Lord, Lord, shall enter unto 
the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the of my Father, which is in heaven. That's Matthew 7 and 21. It says the wicked on the underhand will find no rest there. People of God, we got to be obedient if we want God's blessing to flow in our lives. We have to be obedient. We not just have to continue to want him to be hearing a, a, a word of, of blessings all the time, even though we know that we may be in some type of sin and that we want to continue to hear the blessings of the Lord, God forbid. God forbid. He said that, he said over in, give me just a second. He said over in Romans 6, he said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It says in verse 2, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? It said, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized in Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. It said, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. It said, knowing this, that our Man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. It says, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we believe, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. It said, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death had no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. It said, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. And verse 14 reads again, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law but under grace. And verse 15 reads, What then shall we sin? It said, What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Again, he said, God forbid. And verse 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. 
It says, verse 23, Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I wanted to um, go and just um, expound on the the title of our lesson. It said, No Rest for the Wicked. When I looked up the word rest, rest means to remain. And it also means, it also means peace of mind or spirit. It says something used for support, free of anxiety. Rest means to remain. Rest means to remain. If you are not going to remain, that means that you are going to be cut off. If you are not going to remain and stay in God's rest, he says you are going to be cut off. Over in Psalms 37, I'm going over to Psalms 37, where it reads in verse 7. I'm going to read verse 7 through 11. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to prayer. It says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. It says, for evil doers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. It said, for yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. In the abundance of peace. So, people of God, we want to remain. We want to remain. We do not want to be cut off. But God is saying that if we continue to do the things that he has not called us to do, we will be cut off. He forbid. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. And I I went on to look up the word wicked, and it's telling us that wicked is morally very bad. Evil, force, evil, fierce, vicious, disgustedly unpleasant, causing or causing harm to those that are causing harm to those that are poor, 
and distress and trouble. And, and it also means malicious. Malicious means having or showing a desire to cause harm to another person. God do not want us to be wicked. He don't want us to be evil. He don't want us to be wicked and bad and sinful. Because if we continue, we will be cut off as wicked doers. You will be cut off. He said evil doers will be cut off. And when you're wicked, you're evil. He said evil doers will be cut off. You will not be able to eat the good of the land. And it says in verse Psalm 37, verse 32, it says, The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. In Micah day, we see that they didn't want to hear the true word of God. The people wanted to, they wanted to deceive the people of God and wanted them to continue just to think it's okay to sin and do whatever it is they wanted to do and think they were still going to get blessed from, from God. But God said, not so. God said, not so. He don't want us to continue in sin. He don't want us to continue to be evil. He don't want us to continue to plot against against those that are righteous. He don't want us to continue to do that. You know, in our in our land, the United States, we have a lot of things that's going on that was going on back in Micah days. They was continuing to seek the hurt of the people in the land. They was continuing to seek the hurt. They wanted to continue to oppress the poor and the women with the children. Uh, we have a lot of single women today in the land, and we know that the government now is seeking just to continue to cut out all types of programs to help those that are in need. But how many know that God is a provider? How many know that God is a provider? How many know that? We don't have to depend on the system for us to be taken care of. God wants us to know that we do not have to depend on the systems for him to take care of us because he gave me Psalms 24 and 1 where it says, the earth is the Lord and the goodness and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell within People of God, I know that it's a lot going on and a lot of oppression going on, but as Pastor said last week, God is not pleased. God is not pleased. And if we do not return, if we not turn to repentance and seek his face and begin to humble ourselves and pray, God is not going to hear us, and he is not going to heal our land. So we have to, as his people, we have to humble ourselves. Just as they, back in the day of Michael, they 
Those people, God, they were God's people. They didn't humble themselves. He said we have to humble ourselves and pray and seek his faith and turn from our wicked ways so that he will hear from heaven, forgive us of our sins, and then heal our land. And and as I be, was still speaking on the lesson, it also came to me, the way of a transgressor is hard. The way of a transgressor is hard. And that, that was found in Proverbs 13 and 15. I'm going to read Proverbs 13. It said, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. And that was was going on back in Micah's day when he was trying to prophesy unto them and tell them that wrath was coming if they didn't turn from their wicked ways and do what they need to do according to what God had told them to do. They didn't want to hear that. They wanted to continue in sin and continue to get blessings because they are, they want to continue to receive blessings because they know that they were God's people. But God don't want us to do that. He said, a wise son, heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. It said, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. We know that a lot of violence is going on in this land right now. He said, he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that open wide his lips shall have destruction. It said, the soul of the sluggard desired and had nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A righteous man hateth lying. But a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. It said, there is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. It said, the, the ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. It says, the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. It says, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well advised is wisdom. It says, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathered by labor shall increase. It's a hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Whoso desires this, the word shall be destroyed. That means cut off. Whoso despises the word of the Lord shall be destroyed. That means cut off. But he that fears the commandments shall be rewarded. It says, the law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. 
It said, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. And I'm going to read the last verse because our time is going on. I'm going to read our last verse. Micah 2, verse 8 and 11 reads, even of late my people is risen up as an enemy. Ye pull off the world with the garment from them that pass by securely as men adverse from war. The women of people who have cast out from their pleasant homes, from their children ye have taken away my glory forever. Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest. Because of the because it is polluted, it shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. If a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee of new wine, of wine and strong drink, he shall even be the prophet of this people. It said, never shall anyone want to be considered an enemy of God. It said, if you are an enemy of God, then you are a friend of the devil. There is no in-between. There is no other way to put it. And James warned the people. He said, ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. It said this is speaking directly of choosing the world system over God thereby making themselves his enemies. It says, speaking in this lesson directly to God's people, they have allowed greed and such infest them so that they didn't care what they did as long as it expanded their personal wealth. They robbed the garments off of, of some, leaving them threadbare and worn like a soldier coming from the war. Mothers, women were evicted for their homes with no hope of passing anything down to their children. The wicked have taken away my glory forever, God said. He said, when God was speaking of bringing them into their land, he said, when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and when you, when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about you so that they dwell in safely. That was in Deuteronomy 12 and 10. God's design was for this land to be a place of rest. They evicted the women from their houses. God would evict his people from their land. It said, Arise ye and depart, he declared, for this is not your rest. It said, They caused their own blessings to be taken away from them. And if we don't get it right, we will cause our own blessings to be taken away from us. It's that they cause retribution to come up on their heads. We are going to cause wrath to come up on our heads if we do not turn from our wicked ways. It's that there will be no rest for the wicked. God will cause his wrath to come up on us. It's that the land has polluted and built up for sore destruction. It shall destroy you. Micah exclaimed. That was the word from Micah that God had gave him. It said, at last, and it's still for us today, if we do not do what God is telling us to do, he will destroy us. His wrath is coming. Pastor told us last week, and it's still 
understanding. If we don't turn from our wicked ways, and if we don't humble ourselves and pray, and we don't begin to seek God's face like never before, his wrath is going to come if we don't do this. It's that at last, at last, they didn't say, they didn't, they still didn't want to hear it. It was not the message from the pulpit they wanted preached to them, and they loved to have it that way. Jeremiah said the prophet prophesied falsely, and the, and the priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to hear it so. And what will ye do in the end thereof? It's that one needs to be on guard and take heed to what they have allowed their ears and hearts to be invested in. For if if invested in a lie, then the fruit of the lie one will reap and lose out on every blessing of God. If we are going to thrive and avoid the destiny of the wicked, we need to desire the sincere milk of the word of God. That is in First Peter. Two and two. It said, Our ears have been tickled for far too long. And the conclusion of this lesson says, Listening to and obeying God's true word will keep you from the destiny of the wicked. Psalms 19 reminds us of a very, of some very important facts about God's word. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, the much finer gold, sweeter also than honey as and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy fervent warm, and in keeping of them there is great reward. We will have great reward. We can rest in the Lord if we obey his commandments and continue to do the things that he has called us to do. We can rest in the Lord then, but if we continue in wickedness, we're going to feel God's wrath. And the word of the Lord is already blessed. Thank you for joining in with us this morning. Thank you for joining in with us this morning for our lesson of the day. We we thank you for joining in with us. I pray that something was said that will help you along the way and cause us to come to repentance. The word hits the person that's given the word first. So we have to get it together because God, wrath is coming if we don't get it together. So we have to get it together. We got we to gotta get into God's word, meditate on the day and night that we might not sin against him. We got to hear the true word of God. And I always want to just hear a word that's of good. If you continue to sin, you don't need to get a good word to continue in sin. We want to hear 
the word of God, the true word of God, and not the deceptive word of the people that's just giving out words. He said there is false prophets coming in the end times. There is false prophets coming, but we want to hear the word, the true word of God. We don't want to be given away to the false fables that they are going to be coming coming out with. We want to we want to be in the true word of God. We want to have the true word of God in our heart. We gotta be careful what we are putting in our spirit. It's that we have to be careful what we put in our spirit. What you put in your heart will come out. So we have to be careful and, and put the things of God in our heart so that we can 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 display the righteousness of God. We can give out the righteousness. We can we can start beginning to be righteous. We can be righteous judges. We don't have to condemn and and plot against people and gossip against people and bite right against people. God wants us to God wants us to be just. He wants us to be right. He wants us to go according to his word. And he don't want us to be wicked. He don't want us to be evil. He wants us to be righteous. And we want to be righteous because we don't want to be cut off. We don't want to feel God's judgment. We don't want to be cut off. We want all the blessings of the Lord, which make it rich and added no sorrow to us. We don't want the wrath of God to come out on us because he said he is a wrath. He is a God of wrath as well, as a God of blessings. So we want we want the, the blessings of God. So we're going to, as God people, humble ourselves. We're going to pray. We're going to turn from our wicked ways. We're going to continue to seek his faith so that he can hear from heaven. Forgive us of our sins and so that he can heal our land. Father God, we come to you right now thanking you for your word that you've given us this day, Lord God. We ask that you write your words upon the tables of our heart that we might not sin against you, Lord God. We are thankful unto you for this word, Father God, of correction, Father God. We thank you for the word of correction, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, because you said that whom you love it, you chasten it. You chastise us. We thank you, Lord God, because you chasten us, Lord God. You said whom you love it, you chase us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that we are going to continue to chase after you, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, teach us, Lord God, to continue to chase after you and not the things of this world, Father God, which cannot give us life, Father God. We want life more abundantly. We want to set our affections on things above and not things upon this earth, Father God, that will will be temporary, Father God, and that will pass away, Father God. But we want to continue, Lord God. We want to continue and to live, Father God. We want to live eternally, Lord God, with you, Lord God. We don't want you to say, depart from me. I know you not, Lord God. We want to hear you say, servant, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant, Father God. We want to hear you say that, Lord God. And we want to hear you say, enter into the rest. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this word today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. And we we ask all for the blessings in the name of Jesus Christ. Again, we thank you for joining with, in with us this morning. We pray that you have a very blessed day. We pray. We pray that you continue to join us. We ask that you come back and join us right here on the same center conference line in the morning at 6 o'clock a.m. for our mega prayer. We pray that you come join us Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock a.m. for our mega prayer. And also we ask that you join us at 7 o'clock p.m. on Monday night for our Miracle Monday night service. And we also ask that you join us on every first Friday of each month for our midnight prayer that is at midnight. We have our midnight prayer every first Friday of each month. Please come and join us on the teleconference line of 805-399-1000 and enter the access code of 420-123-POUND. We ask that you continue to so feeds into the ministry for the further building of the kingdom of God and so into the bosom of our leader and our prophet, Sylvia and Staples, that you may continue to be blessed. We thank you for all of your support, your prayers. We continue to pray for you as you pray for us. We ask that God continue to bless you mighty. We pray that God continue to to speak to our hearts and we just do what it is God wants us to do because we don't want to feel his wrath. We want to continue to live and not be cut off. If you desire prayer and, and need prayer and you want somebody to pray with you and for you, we ask that you call in to our 24-hour prayer line number at 312 600 Again, our 24-hour prayer line number, if you need someone to pray with you or if you know someone that desires prayer, have them call our 24-hour prayer line number at 312-600-7729. We thank you for joining in with us. We pray that you will save the date this upcoming Saturday, July 11th. At 9.30 a.m. in the morning, we will be going forth in a prayer camp, and we pray that you save the date and the time. There is limited space. We ask that you call the prayer line for, for the information so that you can join us in our prayer camp this upcoming Saturday at 9.30 a.m. If you would like to to go visit us up on our website. Our website is messageofchrist at yahoo.com. I'm sorry, messageofchrist.net. Again, that's messageofchrist.net. That is our website for the ministry. And our email address is messageofchrist at yahoo.com. Our email address is messageofchrist at yahoo.com. Our mailing address is the Message of Christ Church. P.O. Box 390-762, Chicago, Illinois, 60639. If you did not, if you was not able to jot down all of our order of services, you can go to our website or you can call our ministry line number and, and get the 
information. We thank you again for joining in with us this morning. We pray that you have a very blessed day today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Be blessed. Bye now. To stop conference recording, press 1. To re- your conference recording has stopped.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.